The Anton Savage Show on News Talk. I'm joined by Stephanie Preisner, writer and broadcaster, and Hugh O'Connell, deputy political editor at the Irish Independent, to look at the stories making the news this weekend. A lot of the focus on RTE and its barter account or its slush fund, as the Daily Mail is describing it. But before that, I don't know if you've been following this story about the Spanish FA and the president of said FA kissing um, one of the star players from the World Cup winning team on the lips against her will in the celebrations after the game. All of this looked like he was going to resign until he did a sort of a Wolf of Wall Street turnaround and declared that he wasn't going anywhere, has dug his heels in and has come out swinging to an extraordinary degree. What's the latest, you? So the latest is that the Spanish Football Federation says it's going to take legal action against Jenny Hermoso. This is the, the, the player at the centre of this controversy. Um, over her comments about the president, uh, Luis Rubiales, He's refused to resign after he was uh, pictured kissing Hermoso on the lips following Spain's uh, Women's World Cup victory over England last uh, last Sunday. Um, and Hermoso said that she didn't consent to this and she's been clear about this from the start. Um, but the Federation disputes this and has produced a statement and a series of pictures this morning which the Federation says shows that she lifted the president up. So effectively that she was engaged in sort of a mutual embrace of affection with um, Luis Rubiales. This is all very unseemly stuff um, because... Well, that's a very nice way to put it. It's completely bananas. Yeah. An FA suing one of its own star players. Yeah, totally. Um, and I think this is this is kind of the siege mentality which Rubiales has adopted since, um, since he said... Uh, yesterday, I think it was that he wasn't going to resign uh, under pressure to do so, and I like I think this is kind of the last sting of 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 a wasp because he is uh, he's under severe pressure, and I, I think you know we we've already had um, female players come out and say they're not going to play for Spain while this guy's in charge of the federation. A couple of male players have come out and said the same thing, and I think if you get that kind of critical mass of players refusing to play for the national team because this guy's in charge of the Spanish Football Federation, there's no way he can continue. But I, I think, think it's also more, it's gone beyond the kiss now, because yeah, it's totally. also how he has reacted mm. to the kiss. This mm. idea that by lifting, by her, so the, they're going to show photographs of her lifting him up. Was it that he sort of fell over? Was that it and she semi-caught him? Or was it a celebratory? We I know? think it was like, oh my God, look what we've done. We're yeah. amazing. Oh my God, wow. Like we're going to run around the pitch. You know, if she was a man, she probably would have taken her shirt off and run around the pitch. But she, they, they were in this lineup. Everyone was celebrating with them. She lifted him up or he lifted her up. It doesn't really matter. That's not the issue. We're so happy. We've just won this thing. And then he kisses her on the lips, which is not the next progression in that sequence. <laughs> no, like, it's not, it's it's, not a cause and effect. You no, lifted me up. You li- brace yourself. I'm going to kiss you on the lips. <laughs> and even if you're really excited and you're so proud of her and you're so great, grateful for the esteem she's brought to your country, lip kissing is not... The neck, like, it's no. just not the natural thing to do, I don't think. Um, no, I don't think You know, so, I think no. it's like one kiss on the cheek in France, two in France, maybe three in Spain, but they're on the cheek. But also, if you haven't seen it, I mean, I don't want to get too graphic at, at half nine on a Saturday morning, but this is not a delicate little, you know, your grandmother on the on No, no, the lips. he holds well, her he head, wrapping a, her by he, the side of the he head. He says it's a consensual peck. And, and he's making the point a consensual peck is, like, he's questioning, you know, is a consensual peck enough to get me out of here? He it's says actually, no. I don't think it's the consensual that peck. That don't I look think like no peck to me. I think no, if he me. had said, 
I really made a mistake. I got totally overwhelmed. I was yeah. so proud of what she had done and it was really inappropriate of me to do that. Yeah. But I was overcome with my feelings of pride for her. I think he could have actually got yeah. away with this. But it's that sense of like, nah, you asked for it. You lifted me up. It's like, nah, I mean, sorry, this, you have to go. I, I, the other thing that this story tells us is that this guy is the latest in a long list of football administrators who are... Um, Assholes, quite frankly. I don't know if we can say that on the radio <laughs> at this hour. Didn't he pay for orgies or something? Well, there's an allegation that he used yeah. Spanish Football Federation funds to pay for orgies. He denies that. There's allegations that he used um, Spanish Football Federation funds to pay for home renovations. This makes John he denies that. Like he had. He, he's alleged to have assaulted the guy who carried out the renovations. Um, I, again, I, I presume he denies that as well. Um, but th- given that the Spanish FA news, yeah. has dealt with strikes by its female players before, as you mm. say, if it's already getting this level of momentum and they're saying they're not going to play, this is not going to go away for Yeah, them. well, look, I think like all these things, and again, it's, it probably speaks to the power dynamic within football that, you know, once the male players, if they en masse say we're not going to play then for the men's football team, that that I think will be the, the, the critical mass that'll that'll turn it, you know. I mean, don't forget, there's an awful lot of Spanish players who wouldn't who refuse to play in this Spanish team uh, because of the relationship with the manager, which is a whole separate story. The manager is that not, thing of the power demand po- dynamic popular. though is interesting, Stephanie, because one of the things that he said when he was excusing the kiss was he said, "It is how I would kiss one of my own daughters," and I thought, what an interestingly condescending way to look at one of your players. Yeah. Like, they're your peers. They're not your children. They're not your children. Very strange. It's also not appropriate to kiss your children like that. This is the the defence we've always had of men who who are fathers of daughters using that as a kind of a shield against any allegations of misogyny. There's no way I could be a misogynist. Meanwhile, closer to home, RTE, the, the detail has emerged after Mazar's analysis of this famous barter account. This was the account that was used to take the RTE advertising value that was given to Renault and use it to wash through so that the Renault money went direct to Ryan Tuberty through his agent rather than travelling through RTE and being RTE revenues. Uh, it doesn't seem to have been the only money to have gone through this barter account. What it reveals, Stephanie, I would have thought, is an extraordinary lack of oversight of a lot of quasi-public money. But is it public money? I'm sorry, maybe think people are going to think I'm Luis Rubiales on this one, but I don't <laughs> see the scandal here. I don't see the scandal. The barter account is not this. It's like, think about it like Ortiz Revolut account. Okay, like it's not their main bank account. They do. The barter account is, okay. the Late Late Show is on tomorrow. We have this time. We have these ads that are not sold. We need to get them sold. No one in Ireland wants to buy them. We'll give them to the barter account. So you ring up the barter account and you say, hey, we've got 30 seconds of ads over here that aren't sold. And they go, yeah, okay, we'll give you half price for them. So we're going to give you, let's say, a thousand euro for them. 50% of that is going to be in cash, 500 euro. And the other 50%, you can pick from this catalogue of, you can pick from this catalogue of items, right? Flights, balloons, whatever the thing is. And that is what the barter account is for. At the same time, so it's money that they wouldn't otherwise have had if they didn't use the barter account. No one was going to buy those ads for the Late Late Show. And at the same time, they are mandated to, because it's a dual funded thing, it's not just public money. They also have to have commercial revenue. They're mandated to have as much as they can. And there is a cost of sale. They have to entertain clients. They have to take clients for dinner. They have to do, you know, parties with flip flops. Have to stay in the Waldorf Astoria. Okay, so maybe there is... Have to spend 110 grand on uh, tickets to football matches. But that's taking clients to football matches. It's a lot of clients. It's a lot of clients. But there are other companies doing it. But I suppose 
what I would see, what I would see here is that there's just a lack of control around this spending. I mean, even if you look at the Mazar's report, it goes through things like, um, you know, very difficult to get receipts to to back up the spending that's listed in in those spreadsheets, um, of of what was spent in the barter account. Um, there was no formal approval policy or procedures in place. There wasn't a list of staff that in RT who were approved to use this account. But is there All a list of, of things... staff in News Talk? A yeah, list of staff who can send an point. invoice? But, but it's... Yes. There aren't <laughs> though. It's just your job. Like you can't send an in... Like you, you can't write to accounts and say, give me this money. Yeah. There is a pathway. But there's no list printed somewhere where it's like, this person can... I, I literally cannot well, make purchases yeah. on behalf of News Talk. I can't go into somewhere and say, no, listen you can't, for them. But, but that's... That what was occurring. No list. What they say is the report said that this was a principles-based code and it had no rules around the thresholds for purchases, nor the people who could make purchases for accounts and containing bear in mind, millions. This is, this is the barter account that was used to pay Ryan Tuberty that is the seventy-five thousand euros. So the questions arise: like, so we have this, so so we know about this account because let's go back to, to where all this started because of these seventy-five thousand euro a year payments to Ryan Tuberty that were done. Uh, without the knowledge of a lot of people in RT, a deal you know cooked up by D Forbes, No Kelly, um, you know, and all of that, um, and uh, to underwrite this this uh, this agreement, um, so RT used this account in a way that they concealed the true nature of Ryan Tuberty's earnings, and that is so. The, the question then arises: What else have they spent? What else have they used it for? And that's the question. But Stephanie's Catherine point there, Hugh, yesterday. if I can paraphrase, yeah. if you don't mind, Stephanie, is if the is there any indication that anything that was spent on is problematic? Well, if they take people on on junkets because they sell them advertising well, or five grand on flip flops is problematic. You, I think we'd agree on that, right? I think it's sort of like send an intern to get flip flops and they go to the closest place to Donnybrook instead of going to pennies. Twenty five euro a pair, like I think or it was whatever. Thirty two euro. Thirty two. Well, there but, you go. See, yeah. So it's not okay. So go they're not pennies. frugal. Go to pennies <laughs> or other retailers. Pennies <laughs> means going to the north side of the city or going to Dundrum and probably. Oh and just for the record, the just for the record, while we're at it, the differential between pennies or other retailers and the expenditure that they went on flip flops is the difference between I think one euro mm. and thirty euro a pair. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Or thirty two in this flip flops. Can I just say why I think that why I have an issue with this? I think it's not a scandal. And I think I'm tired of hearing it. And I think that politicians are driving it and driving it and driving it because we're not looking at them. It's silly season. August is always the time where we find out some dirt about some politician, golf gate, something that's happened. And I think the politicians are like, oh, yes, it's scandalous. What else have they spent it on? And it's like, yeah, because we're not looking at you. So they're delighted and they want to drag it on and drag it on and drag it on. And I'm just tired. Like, Well, that is true. But I mean, it doesn't, doesn't mean that it shouldn't be dragged on. I mean, there is clearly issues with RT with the way in which it's spent Absolutely. public money we've seen all that and this barter account bears closer examination which is why this is only an interim report we're going to get a full report but it also goes to the issue October. I would have thought of what sort of controls are in place because yeah. if you're a large entity if you're if you're a publicly traded company if you but particularly if you're a public body to not have controls over what's the nature of the spending, who is allowed to make these kind of purchases, to what uh, what are the limits on those purchases, what's the uh, ethical choices around what is spent and what is not spent. N- there don't seem to be any answers in respect of any of that. No, exactly, yeah. And I think it's that's why this It's a Leviathan. It's this real old creaky place. And I'm not saying that it's right. And I mm. do think that spending money, cashing out and spending money on Ryan Tuberty is an issue. But I kind of trust that Kevin Backris is in there now and it'll all be grand. If you're a well, betting yeah, woman, certainly he seems to have the confidence of the government in that respect, and the confidence of a lot of people in RT to to sort it out. If you're a betting woman, Steph, where's Tuberty going? 
Where is Toberty going? Um, I don't know where Toberty's going, but you, you could here? go to Toberty. You could <laughs> go, go to where Toberty <laughs> yeah, was. Where are you going, where Anton? You going, That's the question. <laughs> Fine, we'll leave that. Um, <laughs> that was a nice segue away from that. <laughs> in other news, the first time in um, American history, we have a president this week arrested and mugshotted. And true to form you, he has managed to convert this into an exercise in grift and tried to make money off it. Yeah, completely. I mean, I, there's just a sentence in this piece I have in front of me here, which just when you read it is like, wow, whoever thought we would have been here five, you know, six, seven, eight years ago. It it was his fourth arrest in five months in a criminal case, but this was his first police booking photo. Like this guy is, is drowning in legal problems and drowning in indictments. Um, but as you say, this mugshot has been used as a way in which and will be used as a way in which to generate money. They're already firing out the merchandise, T-shirts, mugs, you name it. Um, he posted it on Twitter or X as it's now known at the first, uh, his first post, I think, since January 21, where he said election interference, never surrender. Um, and, you know, the, the piece also points out that he joins the ranks of, of other famous American public figures who've been arrested and had booking photos, Frank Sinatra. Al Capone, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., although I don't think you could necessarily align him with, with Martin <laughs> no, Luther King Jr. No, and the Jr. reasons for their arrest cover a broad spectrum Indeed. from righteous through to highly Indeed. questionable. Um, and I think he's down one end of that spectrum. Yeah, so uh, look, who knows where this goes? I, I think the prosecutor in Georgia is seeking to expedite the case, possibly for a, for a trial in, in later this year. Um, it's 14 months out from the election, so it's impossible to know where we'll be with this. All we can look at at the moment is the polls, He's streets ahead for the Republican nomination. It's it's embarrassing. The I mean, the field in the for the Republican primary. They had a debate earlier this week. Um, none of the candidates particularly distinguished themselves. All of the polls would indicate that Trump uh, is going to be the nominee. It's going to be Trump Biden again. Uh, a lot can change though in fourteen months, and these cases are not going to be without their problems. I think. For but Trump. how do you put all of the issues to do with that back into the the bottle, Stephanie? When you've got a situation where all of the candidates for uh, the presidency say no, it's or for the Republican nomination say no, it's fine to be quadruply indicted and run for president, when it is actually advantageous to a presidential candidate to be mugshotted and arrested. I mean. I, I get that all back together. You don't. You don't. Every time that this guy, like, if the best thing that could happen for his campaign is that he goes to prison, I think. Because yeah. it feeds into everything that he says about how he is treated. It feeds into everything that people believe about Trump who support him. Oh, they're after him. They're trying to take him down. So the further they go with this, the more trouble he gets into, the more people believe him, the more people trust him, the more people want him back. And so I don't know how you square the circle because you have to hold him to account. He's he's a creep. and He's done really bad things. Mm. But the more you highlight the things that he's done, the more embed, the, the higher his ratings go. It's a very strange political situation. Stephanie Preisner, writer and broadcaster, Hugh O'Connell, deputy political editor at the Irish Independent. Thank you both very much, guys. And of course, the other thing that is making the news today is the fact that town is heaving with American tourists who are here for the Notre Dame Navy game. We're going to be talking a little bit about the Notre Dame Navy game later on in this show, but our reporter JJ Clark has been speaking with some of those Americans who have travelled here just for the game. We came here to be with the Irish during the game. <laughs> first trip to Ireland? It's my second. Their first. 
We just came on vacation, uh, 15 days. Loved Dublin. Loved oh, every place. Every pub here is a gr <laughs> great Peter's place pub. to go. Peter's Pub Peter's has been the highlight of their trip. Yes, yes. yes. This is the Golden Girls on tour. <laughs> Predictions? Oh, Notre Dame's going to win. New York City, Staten Island specifically, and if this is our first trip, but my wife's family comes from Dublin area. We were in Galway for a little bit before this, and that is gorgeous. We love Ireland. We've never left the States before. Okay, it's our first trip abroad, and it's wonderful. Who's going to win? Oh, Notre Dame will. We hope Notre Dame will, but if Navy does, we will get along. <laughs> I'm interested as well. I'm looking around, and like I've seen so many Notre Dame uh, fans, but I haven't seen any Navy fans. Did you shake the fist at them? <laughs> no, actually Notre Dame likes Navy very much. There's oh. a real respect between the two teams. Okay, so they help each other out during World War II. Um, Notre Dame almost lost its college because there were no men going to college at that time. And Navy sent some uh, personnel to study out at Notre Dame and save the college. So there's great respect for Navy and Notre Dame together. In Tampa, Florida? Very good. Go Gators, is it? Yes, yes, very good. And what have you seen of Dublin, of Ireland so far? Not much. We just got here this morning on the red eye. So a little bit tired? A little bit tired. <laughs> we went to Trinity College, saw the Book of Kells. Finally, your predictions for the game. Are you going as well? Are you going to the stadium? Going to the stadium, going to the game, Navy will win. Go Irish! Notre Dame fans travel a lot. Very, very dedicated. Notre Dame fans are very, very dedicated. And will you be in the stadium? Absolutely. Yes, we are. And will you be doing a bit of tailgating beforehand? It's the law. It's the law. <laughs> I hear Navy are in with a good chance. No, we. We four. We're going to win. It doesn't matter. who. <laughs> we get to be here and watch the game. Um, we're from near Pittsburgh. First time. Uh, we love it. It's great. And what are the likelihoods that uh, Navy win? Is this pretty high? Probably 20% maybe. <laughs> we go all over the place, whether it's in the United States or around the world, to go see our fighting Irish. The Anton Savage Show, Saturday morning at 9 on News Talk.